welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Really good to have you here this morning. We're going to get into this. We've been in the book of Acts, and uh, so we're excited about um, just hitting up Acts chapter 4 today. Um, I know that we spoke from there last week. I reckon this can go down a little bit, please, sir. Um, and uh, yes, it is good. Something happens when, when we worship Jesus, doesn't it? And when we direct our, like there's a difference between songs and worship. Worship is an engagement of the heart towards Him. And so when we do that, um, when we do that, God in His absolute infinite grace towards us um, decides to bless us at the same time. It's really quite amazing because there's just nothing like the presence of Jesus. And, you know, you've, if you've been in church for a little while, a church like ours, you've heard preachers shout about where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom, you know, when we praise Him, His presence is there and, and all those things are true. Um, but it requires a heart that is fixed on Him, not a heart that wants to sing songs, yeah? And um, the, the songs are the vehicle by which God uses and we use to position our heart and to bring our worship before the Lord. In the Old Testament, they use things like sacrifices and different offerings to bring their heart before the Lord. And we have a whole lot of different ways in which we can too. And worship is through song is one of those ways. And uh, Jesus is just so wonderful. And it's our prayer for you today that, um, it's our prayer if you're visiting today especially, but anyone, whoever you are, if you're a part of Empower, it's our prayer today that you go away from this room thinking more about Him than you do about a church or a name or a message or a, He is the message. He is the head of the church. It's His church and it's our honour to worship and serve Him. And so... Um, it is good. Let's pray and then we're going to do a whole lot of reading and, um, and go for it this morning. Father, we thank you. Pray you'd speak to our hearts today. We do approach your word. Uh, we approach your word, Father, with an openness and we ask you to change us. We ask for you to speak to us. We ask for you to come and shine the flashlight of heaven by the Holy Spirit on our heart. And expose those things that are there, Father, that shouldn't be there. Those attitudes, those, the hurt, the pain, whatever it might be, Father, that, that shouldn't be there, that we haven't offered and given back to you and asked you to change and heal. I pray that there would be a, 
deep reverence around your presence as we come around your word today. I pray, Father, that as we honour your word, I pray that there would be a breakout of signs and wonders that they would follow the preaching of the good news of Jesus. I want to thank you, Jesus, that, and Holy Spirit, I want, to, I want to thank you that your word doesn't, you don't move in power through the vehicle of a style or a man just because they have a measure of eloquence. It's not even about the man, it's about the power of your word changing hearts and lives. And so, Father, we just ask for you to come and fill this room even more as we, as we want to lean into becoming more like Jesus. So speak to our hearts, change our lives, and manifest your presence in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Acts chapter 4, I'm going to speed read this morning. We're going to read the whole chapter. Are you ready? Pray for the words, people, as we go through the book of Acts, because they are literally putting every verse of chapter 4 in it. Thank you, Michael and others. That is good. Uh, Acts chapter 4, verse number 1. We read from verse 1 to 12 last week, but we, uh, 13 rather, but we will read it again. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. And being greatly disturbed, pause, if you don't know where we're up to, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John are on their way at, the, at about 9 o'clock in the morning to pray at the temple. It was their custom to pray twice a day, about 9am and about 3pm in the afternoon. Such was their, their, the way of the Jewish people. So they were on their way to their temple, but they've kind of got their eyes are open now. To what? To, to this revelation that Jesus is the promised one, the Messiah that has been prophesied about through their forefathers, their ancestors, right leading back to the book of Genesis, prophecy has been fulfilled through the person of Jesus. And so now their prayer and their Jewish way, it was not undone, it wasn't cancelled, but it certainly was now came with a, a, a different, um, it was enlightened if you like. Now all of a sudden they're not going to the temple to pray for the Messiah to come, they're going to the temple knowing the Messiah has already come, asking how they can partner with the Spirit, right, to see the kingdom of God. Because remember in Acts chapter one, the very first book of Acts, the Bible tells us, Luke records in the book of Acts that Jesus taught them about the kingdom of God, okay? He taught them about the kingdom of God. He did not teach them about church. He didn't teach them about how they could bring their gift into the church. He didn't talk about how they could be good servants of the pastor's vision. <laughs> he spoke about the kingdom of God. This is amazing all by itself. And the reason is, is because now the presence and the power of God as they'd experienced exclusively only within the temple is now free as soon as Acts chapter 1 verse 8 happens or Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit and the church is birthed. Now all of a sudden we have this moment where God's power is moving miraculously through those that are willing and available and have a heart to partner with the, king, with the Spirit to see His kingdom 
established in the world. Can I hear an amen? It's powerful because it means this for you and I today. It means that God's best work for your life, the power that He wants to release through your life, the miracles that He wants to do through your life, the ministry of of, um, of bringing the gospel, the good news to our neighbours, to our friends, our families, is not limited to happening in this room. In fact, it's not meant to happen only in this room. But sadly, we as the Western church have become so acclimatised to attending church that we've... Um, we've, we, we've lost the understanding of what it is to be the church. To be the church. And so Peter and John in Acts 3 are on their way to pray. I said I was speed reading, but I'm terrible at that. Um, they said they're on their way to pray. And what happens? They get an opportunity to be the church. And so they pray for a man that is 40 years old and he's, he's paralysed and he's begging at the, the gates. He's begging outside the doors of the temple every single day. And if that is not a picture of what is happening in our world, a prophetic picture for us right now, the mirror, it's just outside that door. It's just outside that door. We've celebrated this room way too much, but the true miracle, the true, the, the true ministry that God's birthing in the earth right now is just outside that door. It's not here. It's not in this pulpit. It's not in this front area that we, in our Christian tradition, call the altar. It's just outside that door. So when you leave here today, you go filled with the Holy Spirit, full of power and purpose, and you are entering the place where God wants you to do your best ministry. He gets healed. When he, when he gets healed, people get annoyed. However, many of those who heard the word believed in number, uh, sorry, verse number, I'm up to number two. This is terrible. Being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead and they laid hands on them and put them in custody until the next day for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word, in other words, despite the imprisonment of Peter and John, and the number of men um, came to be about 5,000. Verse number five reads, and it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John and Alexander, and as, and, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, so all the important religious people were there, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they, when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. 
nor is there any salvation in nor is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John everybody say they saw it the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. That right there is helpful for me because it's, it doesn't matter about where you come from, your academic credentials, God bless you if you have them, but that is not the determining factor. That is not the, um, you don't have to pass the 101 course to be used by Jesus. And it shows us what you do need to do in, in this verse. And they realised that they had been with Jesus. And last Sunday we preached to our family service, what does it mean to be with Jesus? And we gave four simple things. We spoke about the presence of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be with the Holy Spirit? We wanna encourage you in your own time to make time for Holy Spirit, okay? Whether that's closing your door, whether it's putting on worship, whatever the mechanism is for you to be and to focus and to come into awareness of the Holy Spirit and His presence being with you then I wanna encourage you to do that. Prayer was the other thing that we encourage you to do. If you wanna be with Jesus, you must be someone that prays. I believe that most of the absence of the power in the church is directly linked to our prayerlessness as a church. We must be praying people. We must be praying people. I'd rather you be at home praying than in this than, than um, at, at a leaders meeting or at this and that and doing this and that for the church because prayer is powerful. Serving and health and all these things that we do, they're just gonna flow, that's all good. But what takes intent and what takes focus and what is swimming upstream in our generation is being a Christian that prays is being someone that would lock themselves away and not just pray five minutes or 10 minutes, but I dare you, go for half an hour, go for an hour, set time aside where you really become someone that, that loves prayer. The third thing we said is about the Bible. You wanna be, with, be someone that's being with Jesus. Well, one of the ways that you can do that is by being in the Word. John chapter one, verses, what number is it, Ehab? Where are you? 14, thank you, sir. John 1, 14, in the, John chapter one, one says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And verse number 14 says, and the Word became flesh, and it dwelt among us. That was the person, Jesus. So when we come around the Word, we are actually spending time with Jesus and He wants to, through His rhema Word, reveal through His spoken, the illuminated Word through revelation, He wants to reveal Himself to you more. And then the last one was that we said it was about community. It's about being around iron that sharpens iron. And they realised they'd been with Jesus and seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could not say, they could say nothing against it. But when they commanded them to go, go outside, oh sorry, then they commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, what shall we do to these men? 
For indeed, that a notable, uh, a notable miracle, miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. So, but so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them that from now on they speak to no man in this name. So they called them and they commanded them not to speak nor to teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered, because you've got to remember they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Peter and John answered, they answered, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And they had a fur, and so when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders said to them. And when they heard it, they raised their voice to God with one accord. And they said, listen to this prayer. Lord, you are God who made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. Who by the mouth of your servant David said, why did the nations rage and the people plot in vain? Notice, he frames his prayer time with honouring how great God is. That's a key for your prayer life. The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers uh, were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant, Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and with all the people were gathered together to do whatever, sorry, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done, speaking about him being crucified. Now, Lord, look on their threats. This is where I want to focus today. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness, we may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled was shaken and they were all filled, all, everyone say all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God with boldness. Let's leave it there for the sake of time this morning. Last Sunday in my introduction, I explained and put out a thought to you to consider this week. It was not a theological statement, but rather more a question to get you really thinking about your own faith and your own journey and the expression of what your Christianity looks like. And the thing that I said was, um, in a question, was wondering if our la the lack of miracles that we experience as the corporate church, the capital C, but also as us being the church, wondering if it's connected to our, our immaturity. And sometimes I do wonder if, the la if, the, if, um, if our lack of miracles is connected to our lack of maturity. Whenever the, you know, we, we, we went on to preach last week that whenever miracles happen, there's always two crowds of people around. There's probably a few others, but there's always those that are really for the miracle. They think this is amazing. This is excellent. 
and it bolsters their following of Jesus. But miracles, when they truly happen, bring about a significant disruption to the society and to the world and to the relational connections in where that miracle happens. And sometimes maybe it's God's grace that the miracles aren't happening like we pray for them to happen simply because our spiritual maturity is not there to receive both worlds that follow the miracle happening. We're all good with the, wow, fill the church Sunday services with people because a notable miracle happened. But are we prepared like we should be for the persecution that will come as we, as followers of Jesus, see the kingdom of God disrupt the dark places of this world? It's all good to have a heart to go and serve the poor and the needy and the broken. And, and, and um, you know, I've, I've heard and I've spoken and I'm, I'm a champion for, I'm championing, championing this for sure around like, let's go into hospitals and lay hands on the sick and all the rest of it. I believe in all that, but I want you to be ready for what follows. And so spiritual maturity is vital Church attendance is less vital than spiritual maturity. Church attendance brings an element of spiritual maturity. But friend, you've got to be ready for what God wants to do and what He will do on the other side of that miracle. And here's what we find. Here's what we find on the other side of that miracle. We find that the religious people of Jesus' day, the Bible says that they are very disturbed. They're very, very disturbed. They're very disturbed. And so they incarcerate Peter and John. And Peter's and John are loving this, right? This is what spiritual maturity does. They are viewing this whole situation not in the way that I would view it. <laughs> I don't know about you. Can we just get personal for a minute? Can I just, just be really transparent? Um, I'm, I'm pretty terrible, right, mentally speaking, related. Uh, I'm pretty terrible when it comes to, for example, a diagnosis. I remember a number of years ago now, um, I've got a lot of moles, as you can see, holy moly. Um, and um, there's lots of them. Like I went in for like the routine mole check one time and I said, oh, you know, got on, I'm like, I've got a lot of moles. And then as soon as I got on the table for them to, and he was like, is this a double appointment? And I'm like, yes, that many moles, thank you. Um, thanks for pointing that out. Anyway, I'm not conscious about it at all. Um, um, but I, I remember I, I grew up surfing as a, as, a, as a kid and every other day we were down the beach, grew up in Perth and, and, um, and right between where my boardies would begin and my rashy would ride up slightly and that little gap of skin, guess what was there? Holy moly. And, um, and the guy looking at it looked at the mole and said, oh, I think I've basically found a textbook melanoma. He was so enthused by finding a textbook melanoma on my back that he said, can I take a photo of this for my students to show them to help them identify other melanomas? I was like, in the moment, yeah, sure. My point is, is that personally speaking, 
the following couple of months, obviously a week later, I had a biopsy of that done. They cut it all out, rah, rah. But my mind catastrophizes those moments. And you've probably got that in a different area. Maybe for you, it's around getting involved into a new church community because of what your last experience was like. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's around finance. That's a big one, right? Maybe it's around like the economy, the world, the recession, interest rates again. If you have a home loan, you would have been getting emails from your bank this week, all these sorts of things. But you go, you go to the worst case scenario, right? Can we just be honest in this church? And I'm not very good at, at um, I'm pretty good, but I'm not very good. Whereas my wife's just like, you'll be fine, just get over it, you know. You'll be fine, let's just pray and plead the blood of Jesus, it's all good. And I'm like, yeah, but what about, you know, I'm checking my life insurance and all the rest of it. <laughs> uh, it's only funny because it's true. Um, but we let things we let things in, don't we? And we let things control the narrative. Maybe for you it's around relationships. Come on, single people. Or come on, married people. Or come on, people that were once married people. Or come on, people that are human because we're all in relationships. Someone burnt you. And it was someone that shouldn't have burnt you. That's why it hurts doesn't hurt if you don't care and deeply love for them, love them and expect that love back. And so maybe your heart's closed to walking into, those, into that space. This is why we gotta grow as people. This is why we've got to radically grow as followers of Jesus. Because I've discovered as a pastor over the last 20 years that most challenges that people go through, most, right? Not all, because the church can be a crappy place sometimes because it's full of people, right? So church can hurt bad. But the truth is most pain happens outside of the, the, this room, right? And so we've got to grow in our ability to process and, and we've got to mature in a way that the place that we're processing this is within, is with the Spirit of God. And so these, where is this going, Matt? It's going to this place where I'm helping you to see that the Peter and John and all the apostles saw their circumstances through a very different lens to what most of us, you and I, Matt Garner with the holy moly on his back, we view our circumstances. Because they are not looking to, they are not praying that the circumstances change. Can we go a little bit deeper? We, we won't be long. See, so what is the sign of spiritual maturity? Or maybe a better question is, what does it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Well, Acts chapter one, verse eight, I've written it down because I wanted to make sure I, I read it correctly. It says, where does it say? I think I deleted it. Praise God for that. Hmm. Someone else got that there? Acts 1. Ahab, where are you at? 
I keep going to Ehab because I keep, I, I, last week I did a scripture wrong and he um, corrected me, which is good. I needed it because apparently I've been quoting the same scripture with the wrong reference for about 10 years. <laughs> but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be witnesses. And if there's a title for my message today, I want it to be called, Can I Get a Witness? Because I believe that that's what God is whispering to the church. And He's hoping that those that would have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying would hear Him saying, Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, right? And so the sign of you having the Holy Spirit, listen to me, is not miracle signs and wonders. The the, the evidence that you are actually filled with the Holy Spirit and you have His power in your life is measured by your level of witness of Him. So what does spiritual maturity look like? What does it mean to be baptised and encounter the Holy Spirit? I do want to say as well that it's theologically, in my opinion, incorrect to say someone does not have the Holy Spirit just because they don't speak in tongues. I I want to say to you today, I want to say to you today that you need the Holy Spirit to be saved. Can I read you a few quick scriptures? The Apostle Paul clearly taught on this, that we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we receive Jesus Christ as our Saviour. 1 Corinthians 12, 13 says this, For we are all baptised by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, we're all given one Spirit to drink. He says in Romans chapter 9, verse 8, just write these down and you can read them later. It tells us that if a person does not possess the Holy Spirit, he or she does not belong to Christ. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. Ephesians 1, 13 and 14 teaches us, excuse me, that the Holy Spirit is the seal of salvation to all those that believe. It says this, having believed that you are marked in Him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of His glory. And so we see that you, the the the, the Holy Spirit, when you become a Christian, is saved. Now, I want to encourage you. There, are, there is another level uh, that the Holy Spirit doesn't want to just be in you. He also wants to come upon you. There is a, available to all believers what we call in, a, in the Pentecostal tradition, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I believe that every and each one of you should be baptised in the Holy Spirit. What we've done, which is problematic, is we've put laneways to what it means to be baptised in the Holy Spirit. And we've said, well, did you fall down? Did you speak in tongues? Did you shake? Did you, did you move in a, a word? Did you whatever? And let's just remove all the religion that we've added to the Bible 
and let's just eagerly pursue the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen from Empower Church? Let's just be a people that anytime we gather, whether there are two or three gathering in His Name, that we have a hunger for the presence and for the baptism, for the infilling of Holy Spirit. Let us be a community that wherever we go, because we are full, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. Let us be the, the community that are going and therefore taking the Holy Spirit wherever we go. Let us be consciously aware as we are filled with the Holy Spirit that God wants to release the kingdom through us into those worlds. So what am I saying? I'm saying that really spiritual maturity is linked to your power, is linked to your power to be a witness. Can we just peel this one a little, can we rip another band-aid off? Power is not connected to what God does when all the Christians gather together. Mostly that's called religion. Power is when you can operate and you can be like Jesus through the power of the Spirit in whatever circumstance you find yourself in. And you are less concerned about the circumstance and more concerned about how Jesus through the Spirit might want to use you in the circumstance. Just turn to your neighbour and say, it's not an accident. Just, just say that. Would you say that? Just say, it's not an accident. It's not an accident. I'm encouraged, I want you to write these references down. We don't have time to read them because I want you to go home. I'm, I need a coffee and so do you. But I want you to write these references down. I want you to read them during the week. First Peter chapter 3, verses 18. These are all scriptures relating to mature, being um, uh, growing in our spiritual maturity. Okay, this is your homework. You came to church and you're leaving with homework. And all the students said, sucked in parents. First um, Peter 3.18. I want you to also write down Hebrews 6.1. Let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ, be taken forward into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from, the, from acts that lead to death and faith in God. I want you to write down First Peter 2 verses 2 to 3. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in salvation now that you've tasted the Lord is good. Hebrews 5, 12 to 14, write that down as well. It tells you in that, in that verse, that's a really good one, tells you that when you become mature, you have this ability and you can then practice distinguishing and discerning what is good and what is evil. It's really powerful. First Peter 5 to 8, write that down. Ephesians 4, 13. I've gone long, man. I've gone deep today. First, uh, uh, sorry, Ephesians 4, 13 to 16 uh, talks about the, uh, us maturing, maturing. And so spiritual maturity, right, is connected to being a witness. Spiritual community is also connected, is also connected to character. Because the type of faith that Jesus is wanting you and I to have is the type of faith and the type of character that is not shaken when the world starts shaking. When the economy starts changing, when global pandemics break out, 
when wars and rumours of wars start breaking out, when whole craziness happens in our world, which it has and it will continue to, when the world starts shaking, the church in this time need to be have their feet, their house built on a solid rock. And that rock is Jesus. And one of the greatest miracles that the world are going to see in the church is that when you get the diagnosis of cancer or where they repossess your home, there's still a joy and there's still a praise in your heart because at the end of the day, if if God chooses you to go home early, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So I'm going to praise Him in death. I'm going to praise Him in sickness. I'm going to praise Him in pain. And because our Christianity and our belief in Jesus is not anchored in material possessions like the rest of the world. And so whatever happens in the next years of your life, God willing, however many you have left, your faith is built on Christ and on Christ alone. He is the one that you've got to look to. Can I just give you one more thought and then we'll go home? Is that all right? You got time? We've got heaps of time, man. It's not even lunchtime. (laughs) See, we keep asking, for some of you it is. (laughs) See, it's power to be a witness, not power to change the weather. It's power to be, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's power to be a witness, right? Not, Not necessarily or not, well, not power to heal the sick. Now, part of your witness might be moving in the miraculous for sure. Absolutely. But get your eyes off the miracles and get your eyes on how can I be a witness? How does Jesus want to use me in my world to be a witness? I even hate it every now and then I find myself doing it, but like bring someone to church next week. It's so anti actually what we believe. Because what the Spirit is saying is, can I get a witness? Now bring friends to church, whatever, you know what I'm saying. But I'm trying to help you to see that we've been, in, we've been asking, we've been conditioning your faith and your mindset to go, how? Because God moves here and that this is the space that He moves. But no, you know what? God through your circumstance right now has opened a door for you to be a minister of the good news of Jesus and bring the kingdom of God. But as long as you're saying, God, change the weather because this is not my preference. My flesh is not like Liking this, Lord, make every every winter, Lord, would you make it like the Sunshine Coast in Queensland? And the church said, <laughs> "All right, that's a fair prayer, and we will enter into prayer and fasting over that." Um, <laughs> but do you know what I'm saying? We are immature when we're asking for the circumstances to change, and that is the only thing that we're asking for. What's God trying to do in you? What is God trying to do? I have this thing that I've made up. I'm going to put it on a T-shirt one day or have one of those What Would Jesus Do bands made up. But it's this, it fit and it's an acronym that God wants to move for us. God is moving for us. That's the F. In us and through us. Through spelt with a T. Ha <laughs> ha. 
I did English. Um, But He's wanting to move for us. He's wanting to move in us and He's wanting to move through us. And so the question as a fit, healthy, mature believer is to ask in the pain, in the moment, in the circumstance where you've been brought before the Sanhedrin or fast forward to Acts 16 where Paul and Silas are in a jail cell. You're asking, not God, change take us out of the jail cell, you're asking God, Lord, what are you wanting to do for us in this circumstance? How are you moving in us in this circumstance? And what do you want to do through us in this circumstance? It's about asking the Holy Spirit to change us. Now, does God want to change circumstances? Yes, but hear what I'm saying today. I'm going at this idea today that Western Christianity, the prosperity gospel has told us that your life needs to be perfect and that is the best sign that you're following Jesus. It is not true. It is simply not true. God has good things for us. He is a good father, but his ways are not our ways. And he wants to move in us. He's so good that he'll put Paul and Silas in a jail, Acts 16, read it. In a jail, they'll get persecution also that a jailer's family can come to Christ. And often our prayers aren't getting answered. Calv or someone, David, I'm not sure who's playing at all. I don't know what's happening here. How good's your white jumper, David? What happened to it, bro? David, come on, man. We need to get him a poncho. He's got this beautiful white jumper. He looks so good, doesn't he? I wish I had his swag. I'll just be honest. Like, Sorry, sorry. Don't play any wrong notes either, all right? I think often our prayers aren't getting answered. Because we're not praying in line with His will. We're praying in line with our desire. Did you hear that? We're not praying in line with with His will. We're praying in line with our desire. And a desire to be healed, a desire to have kids, a desire to have a home. None of those unnecessarily bad desires. Mostly though, our prayers, if we're honest, they're, they're directed to the external changing. Heal this, change that, give me more of this, better job, new car, etc. And God at times does answer those prayers, but all prayer must be coupled with discernment. All prayer to pray God's will. This is where the character comes into it. Because you've got to see past the pain points that you're in the lack that you're experiencing, the parts of your life that do not line up with heaven on earth. And you've got to ask for Holy Spirit discernment in those moments in order to pray God's will into that moment. And we see this through Peter's prayer. It would have been completely reasonable for the Apostle to pray, Lord, like smite these people. I felt that was a biblical word. Lord, change the government. 
Lord, we need a new this. Lord, elect this person as Prime Minister or not this person as Prime Minister. It would have been completely okay and it is okay to pray those prayers where they're, when we're praying in alignment with the Spirit. Lord, but really what I'm trying to say is, is we're so focused on the circumstance changing that we miss what God wants to do in that very moment. And can I tell you right now, instead of saying change them, we've got to say, God, change us. Instead of saying, God, change the threats, because that's all the enemy can do is he's a liar. He's a threatener. And so when they had severely threatened them, he didn't go back and say, well, we've got, we, let's, we cancel those threats in Jesus' Name. Those threats are... What did they say? They said, in the midst of our circumstance, give me boldness. Let my life not be shaken by any circumstance that may come my way. I feel the preacher rising up in me right now. Let me be the person, come hell or high water, if I'm in a jail or if I'm in a club or wherever I am, I do not want my life, my faith in Jesus to be shaken just because the world is being shaken. And so Jesus, I wanna pray, I wanna invite the Spirit of God to come on me, to fill me afresh because what this generation really need is we need to respond to the Spirit's calling about Him saying, will you be my witness? Can I get a witness? Can I get a witness? And those that have a heart that say, I wanna be your witness, the Holy Spirit wants to overshadow you right now in this moment, wants to fill you with boldness and power. Wants to fill you with boldness and power. Come on, stand to your feet, we're gonna close. Boldness and power. Boldness and power. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Boldness and power. Come on, would you lift your hands right now? And just just in your own way, just begin to pray. And just begin to say, Jesus. Begin to say, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Come on, let those words come out of your mouth. Let it make a sound that fills this room. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Come on, we gotta learn to pray, church. Baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Baptize me, not so that I can be better at doing church on a Sunday morning, but baptize me in the Holy Spirit so that I can be a witness and I can witness to the goodness and to the power of Jesus. Fill me with boldness and power like the New Testament church was filled with boldness and power. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken and they were all filled. That's you. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. us Holy Spirit. Come on just for two minutes. See that clock up there? We're going to be done really, really quickly. Alicia's going to come and close the meeting. But come on just for two minutes to 11.46. Come on, can you just begin to pray? Can you open your mouth and begin to say, Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. 
Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with power, Lord. Let me be a witness, Father. I want to be a witness for you, Jesus. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. I need your spirit right now, God. I hunger for your Holy Spirit. I hunger for you, Holy Spirit. I hunger for you, Holy Spirit. I need you in my workplace. I need you to fill my body right now. It's frail, it's weak, it's perishing. But Lord, I need you to fill me with your Holy Spirit right now. I need you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me, 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 fill me. Fill me to overflowing, Father. Oh, fill me with your Spirit, Jesus. Come upon me. Come upon that unique person that you've called me to be. Those unique gifts that you've given me. Accounting, dancing, whatever it might be, preaching. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Overshadow those gifts. So when I dance or when I preach or when I do when I do spreadsheets, people see and experience the kingdom and the glory of God. Oh God, fill me. Fill the children with the Spirit. Fill the children with the Holy Spirit. Fill the children with the Holy Spirit. Fill the children with the Holy Spirit. Fill our youth with the Holy Spirit right now. Fill our youth with the Holy Spirit right now. The Lord wants to touch wombs. Someone's womb is being opened right now to conceive, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Oh, the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. Open up your heart and receive from the Lord right now the new thing that He wants to work for you and in you and through you. Oh, Jesus, we bless you. Oh, Jesus, we bless you. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. We bless the name of Jesus. Oh, blessing and glory and honour. In Jesus' mighty name. Fill your church. We need your power. We need your power. Thank you for your touch. That's so here, so present. And as we go away today, Holy Spirit, would we just not leave this in the building? But would we be stirred this evening as we gather around our tables, tomorrow when we wake up early to change nappies or go to work or get ready for school, would this not be something that is just contained to a building that we attend once a week? But Holy Spirit, you are with us. So Holy Spirit, thank You that You go with us. And would You continue to make us more aware of You and more aware of Jesus. In the mighty Name of Jesus, Amen, Amen. Awesome, so good. Can we just give the Lord some praise in this place this morning? Thank You, Lord, You're so good. You're so good, You're so good, You're so good. Amen, Amen. 
Well, I wasn't in here, in here as our in kids. For those that don't know me, my name's Alicia. Um, I'm, I'm around, but I'm often there in, in kids. But it just seems like it's been a really powerful service. So thank you for having open hearts. Thank you for getting up on two degree mornings and getting out of bed. And for those, I had to wash off um, ice off my window screen. Anyone have to do that this morning? Um, But thank you. It's so worth it, right? Awesome. Cool.